welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life. And it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast as we continue in this series on Fear is a Liar. Well, I want to start out by just saying that um, yesterday we were talking about paralyzation and, and why we become paralyzed when we're fearful And I never really had enough time to amplify that in terms of, you know, first of all, why it would really happen to us. But then secondly, uh, what its purpose might be. Okay, so I have some analogies to share today on this. So that's how I'm going to start it out. But if you're just now joining, I would encourage you to go back and listen from the beginning because we shared a lot of information. Some of it was pretty sciencey yesterday, but, you know, some people are into science and I know I am. Um, uh, but, uh, but I definitely, I think you can glean from each of these episodes and they're only about seven minutes each if you need to catch up. All right. So when it comes to freeze, uh, and the freeze response that we get with the, um, stress or trauma that we may be under, what's happening is not a conscious decision. It's a subconscious decision. I think most of us know that, but it can immobilize us. And, uh, it's speculated, at least from my studies, that, the freezing effect uh, may have some psychological benefits. Uh, so people who freeze oftentimes report little or no memory of what happened in that situation or circumstance. Almost like they blacked out and they just don't remember. I know uh, this is true, especially in criminal cases uh, where somebody you know, went into a huge fit of rage and did something regretful. And then when they were asked, you know, they had no memory. And of course, you know, sometimes it's being made up, but other times it's absolutely true. They don't remember. Uh, but also, you know, trauma, such as, you know, maybe being attacked, uh, beaten or raped, um, you know, all those kinds of things. Or maybe getting caught in a house fire or a horrible crash. Uh, this can cause you to to kind of freeze or black out. And, and I believe... Uh, from the studies I've done, that it it actually can preserve your sanity and protect you from serious psychological harm. Now, I'm not saying that trauma, especially, you know, you listen to veterans and so forth that have been in war, have not caused or, you know, had serious psychological harm. They have. PTSD is a very serious illness. It's a a horrible, uh, uh, crippling uh, mental disorder. Uh, but what I am saying is that it may be an effect that's necessary built into our system to protect us from something that could be even more devastating or even deadly. Uh, so, so our systems are designed to, you know, shut down at, and, and, and experience what that's called a red out, where intense emotions prevent you from encoding in information about the trauma that you're experiencing. And, and this is likely to serve as a functional and adaptable purpose to protect in long term. All right. Uh, so yeah, obviously everybody's a different person. So for some, it may be different than others. But I wanted to offer that explanation out to you before we dive into the rest of the information today so that it made some sense uh, for you. Okay. 
Well, uh, we've been talking about what happens to us in fear, and I was moving into phobias, all right? So given our understanding of the amygdala's involvement in the fear response, it's, it is unsurprising that phobias are linked to heightened activity in this region, which is the amygdala region, okay? One study also discovered that there was a disconnect between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, which normally helps an individual override or minimize the fear response. Um, aside from the fear felt when someone with a phobia meets their nemesis, these individuals are also in a heightened state of arousal and will always expect to see their trigger, even in situations where it's not really going to appear. So in other words, it's it's a deception. It's a form of deception, which is why fear is a liar. Okay, um, that's what this whole series is about. Uh, we can imagine things are going to happen when they really don't happen, especially in the case of phobias, but really in a lot of other uh, instances. Well, a study that proved this explored the phenomenon of, of arachnophobia, and it found that uh, if scientists told these individuals that they might encounter a spider, the activity in their brains differed from controlled participants that did not have a phobia, and suddenly they're seeing spiders. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that where you had something you were just deathly fear of and you just imagined it to the point that it was reality, and I had said something about this a couple of the uh, episodes ago about, you know, children with monsters under the bed that absolutely are sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they saw a monster under their bed. Well, that's how deceptive fear can be. We can see things that don't exist and we can make ourselves paralyzed to the point that we can't function in certain areas. All right. So I, I think I've spent enough time on the uh, the reaction or the, the you know, of, in terms of... Um, the medical terms and, and what's happening internally. I want to go ahead and begin to move into uh, a little bit more about the fears and the lies and distortion. Uh, and I have just a little bit more to share on that before we go into the solutions on this issue. And so um, I am running out of time for today. So I just want to use my last minute reminding you that uh, really it boils down to making choices from the second you open your eyes, you close your eyes at night as to how you program yourself what you're thinking about, what you're feeding into your mind, what's influencing you, who's influencing you. And being, you know, having the wherewithal to take a 30,000 foot view and decide very objectively without emotions, and that's not always easy to do, I understand, without emotions, deciding if what we are most afraid of is really logical or objective in our approach, okay? It may not mean you change everything. Maybe you just change some things or maybe you ease into it or maybe you get some help and, and you know, go on a journey out of the fear that's gripping you. But just know that as long as you allow the fear to continue, it's like a disease or an infection. It's only going to get worse and your deception will continue to increase and, uh, and amplify the problem. And then it's hard to get out. Uh, not that you can't, but uh, uh, it's time to start now. This is Michelle Steffes, Reframe and Rewire. Join me back tomorrow. Thank you.